Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome to the party. It's December 12th. Oh my goodness, Radio Red in the house. So happy to be here. I have to tell you, Monday nights are just a thrill for me. No matter what happened, good, bad, or anywhere in between on Monday, I just get so happy and energized by speaking with my creatives. And I'm saying that to my two special guests. One hasn't shown up yet. Don't know if he will, but I have two very special creatives for you. And I recently heard from some guests who tell me they didn't realize they were a creative until I invited them on the show because they could be a lawyer or a doctor or a social worker or an architect. What? Well, maybe an architect thought that, but they didn't realize they were creatives. We're all creative. There you go. So before we get started, I want to ask my two special guests who will be introduced in just a minute to please join me in our usual shout out on Monday nights. We're going to say hello, L, L, L. All right. On the count of three, one, two, three. Hello, Hello, L, 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 let's try it one more time, one more time, hello, L, 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 well, they made up enthusiasm for enthusiasm for what they lacked in in coordination. But thank you, ladies. Elizabeth Rayleigh, we'll get to you in a second. I am Radio Red. Happy to be here. This is Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. We are live on Facebook. And we are live on the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio. I've been a host of over 50 business radio series, and this is my playtime on Monday nights. Quick shout out to my wonderful engineer, Josh, who's been with me for a long time. He's a one-name wonder, just like Sharon Madonna. Well, it's just Josh. We're not allowed to use his last name. One of these days, I'm getting him on my show. So it is December 12th. It is the 345th day of 2022 of the Gregorian calendar. And I always do a thank you to Greg, Gregory, Grego, whatever he calls himself, whatever his mom called him, because would she ever have imagined that her son's calendar would be used hundreds and hundreds of years later? I mean, that's quite a legacy, isn't it? That's a creative legacy. I, I have to read up on my history on him. There were 19 days left. This is the 50th Monday. Nobody cares about that except me. We're in the Western Zodiac sign of Sagittarius. Ladies, either one of you a Sagittarian? Really? Mm -hmm. Or Elizabeth? No. Okay. Well, it's November 22nd to December 21st. We have a little bit left, and I won't go into who they are. They're optimistic. They love freedom. They're hilarious. <laughs> they're fair-minded. They're honest. They're intellectual, spontaneous, and fun. Sounds like a polyglot of a whole bunch of people mashed together. But what's important is that with only 19 days left in this year, and we're all glad to be alive, and we all look very well tonight. Thank you. You may want to toast something special on New Year's Eve. And if you do, Rayleigh, I've been told that you're going to be brewing Kahlua in the sink in your garage. And I want to tell you, 19 days is just barely enough time to get those flavors together. So right after the show tonight, you do that. Elizabeth, I've been told that you have a still you inherited from somebody and you're going to be redoing bootleg whiskey, really strong stuff for New Year's Eve for your punch. So Elizabeth, you got to go crank up that 
still after the show. Me, I'm going to be buying some fancy wine or champagne on an online liquor wine store, and I hear the shelves are almost empty. So, ladies, we have our task set out for you. Let me tell you who my very two very smart and beautiful and creative creatives are today. First of all, just wave hello, and we'll get to hear from you in a second. Elizabeth Aiden. Elizabeth, wave hi to everybody. There she is. She's a former senior vice president of a major Swiss pharmaceutical company. That must have been interesting. She's the author of the upcoming, and I, I can't wait for you to tell us what this means, swashbuckling adventure novel called Hepatitis Beach. Wow. And she's also the author of a medical thriller called The Goldilocks Genome. Elizabeth, welcome to Read My Lips. Just we'll be with you in just a second. And I want to also introduce Rayleigh Dushan. And she spells her first name R-A-I-L-E-I-G-H. I just came from Raleigh, Durham, Cary, North Carolina. And so we put an I in and we get Rayleigh. Beautiful name. She is a relationship executive for Black Folks Camp 2. And she's going to tell us all about that. She's the founder of Conscious Lifestyle Coaching. You've got three power words in there, Rayleigh. Very interesting. Can't wait to hear about that. Now, listen, she obviously, she's a very boring person. She has no interest. She has no creativity. She's a wilderness adventurist. She's an actress. She's a film producer. She's a yogi. She's a martial artist. And she's a farmer. Seriously, do you, do you ever think you'll do anything with your life? Rayleigh, I'm very honored to have you here. You know I'm just pulling your chain here and joking with you. I'm very, very proud to meet both of you. I met both of these lovely ladies at the National Publicity Summit several months ago, and you've both been very patient to get on the show. But I think I invited 38 or 40 people that night, and you were at the tail end because there's been another summit. So let's go around the table. It's a small table tonight. Elizabeth Aiden, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you please take, well, since there are just two of you, you can take three and a half minutes instead of three minutes. Tell us who you are. How did you get into the pharmaceutical industry? And what in the world are your novels about? Elizabeth, welcome. Oh, thank you, Red. It's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I, mean, I am really working on that still. And I'm looking forward to the whiskey that's going to come out of that still. So, <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, who am I? I'm a Californian, and I was actually all my life an underachiever. And so I thought, well, you know, I could get into college by examination and because I didn't have the grades. So I ended up at ultimately at Berkeley, decided I really liked anthropology because I loved fossil men. I didn't know I was going to meet fossil men in San Francisco, but I did. Nonetheless, um, I went to uh, grad school, got into grad school and decided that actually studying fossil men meant I was going to have to go live in Africa and dig in dirt for the next 20 years, hoping to find some dead bones that had been dead for 200 million years. And I thought, huh, you know, what is it I really like? I really like beaches. I thought there was nothing wrong with the beach. And there weren't a lot of beaches in Africa, at least not where the fossil men were. So <laughs> I went and asked around and I found out that Gosh, there were beaches in the South Pacific. Imagine that. But also there was French food. So hmm, good combination, French food, beaches. So I thought, I'll do my graduate work in anthropology in Tahiti. Who wouldn't? Instead, they said, how would you like to go to Melanesia? Huh? Didn't even know about Melanesia. But I ended up on a Melanesian island. Sort of I was the 
non-Melanesian on the Melanesian island. And it was just 2,500 natives in May. And first I went for a summer to see what it was going to be like. And then I came back and said, oh, no, I am not going to do cultural anthropology. There is no way. I, I know a culture when I see it. It takes more than one person to make a culture, but boy, don't look to me to describe it. So they said, I went back to school and I said, um, got it. where's plan B? They said, oh, plan B. But it's really important that there are beaches and, you know, French foods. So they said, huh, well, how would you like to study hepatitis B virus? So I said, huh, say what? I knew nothing about this stuff, absolutely nothing. I said, sure, beaches, I'm there. So I lived on the island for two and a half years. I learned the languages. I learned a lot about hepatitis B and figured out the natural history of infection. And then I went, um, then I went and worked in branding after I finished my PhD because I mean, who wouldn't? If I could figure out who gets a disease and why, I could surely figure out who buys a product and why. So, so I did. And then I got bored. And so I said, gee, where's, where's some of the stuff that's interesting and happened to be in biotech. I didn't know anything about biotech. So I said, sure. They put me in contracts and business development. I'd never read a contract. Said, I guess people can read contracts. Turns out there's more of an art to it than was obvious. And from there, it went to pharmaceuticals. And I just, I loved it. I loved the problem solving in pharmaceuticals. I loved the open-ended element to it. You don't know what the drug is going to be like. You don't know what target you're going to go after. And if you do, what indication are you going to develop it for? What's it got to look like? It was it was stunning. It was wonderful. And it kept me engaged forever. So I loved it. And then and then I thought, well, what better way to take a passion of mine from pharmaceuticals, which is personalized medicine, mm -hmm. than to put it into a book that's a medical thriller, because the truth is, who wants to read 200 pages of science? No one. Absolutely. No <laughs> Rayleigh is tossing her head back as a mind like, well, that's something I mean, you have to do in a medical school curriculum or in, in science. Go ahead. Yeah, who wants to do that? However, you can throw an awful lot of science and make it interesting if you put it in a thriller. And the same is true for my memoir, Hepatitis Beach, because in the memoir, I talk about the natural history of hepatitis B in in Melanesia, and it turns out it's still very relevant, and it's an unknown story even to this day, because it's actually, what I discovered was actually relevant and culturally relevant, and it's not, not the standard accepted version of how the virus is actually transmitted. So it became a lot of fun. Well, what an interesting background, Elizabeth, and you certainly have been flexible the word Ross used in a very famous episode of Friends, pivot, 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 right? You've pivoted. You've looked on the bright side. You've said, well, here I am. What am I going to do? As long as I have French food and beaches, I'll be fine. Uh, a girl has to have her standards, right? We absolutely have to have her standards. Anyway, fascinating background and just 
you're a dedicated creative. That's what makes the world go round, isn't it? We don't, I, I like to say, uh, Rayleigh and, and Elizabeth, I tell people today, they say, I'm not a creative. I say, well, did you pop out of your mom with a handbook on what your life was going to be like, what you should say, what you should do, where you should go, what you should learn, who you should live with or marry or work for? Of course not. We're all making it up as we go along. Life is an improv. I think I need a new radio series. Elizabeth, thank you. We have a lot more to hear from you when we get to the statements about creativity. So thank you. What a wonderful story. Ray Lee, unmute, please. It's your turn. We can't wait to hear. I have no idea what you do other than when I met you, I have to confess, I met you at the National Publicity Summit and you were wearing that magnificent yellow, sunny, orange, gold jacket. And you remembered, and I didn't, but thanks for reminding me that you promised you would wear that on my show. And you kept your word. And I I really appreciate that. So Rayleigh, tell us all about what you do and welcome. Thank you so much for having us read tonight. Um, Thank you for sharing your story, Elizabeth. I I love that you took your your journey, which was magnificent, and you turned it into alchemy of, of creation, into a book that people can digest because my background is, uh, well, the journey started into my career was I was always a very scholarly person. I thought to be successful, I had to be a doctor. So I got into this medical school track and this prestigious scholarship uh, where going into college, I was already, you know, going into medical school. That was going to be my destiny. Um, but I, as I continued on the path, I started to recognize that it wasn't r- truly for me. I was forcing myself into an identity and a career that um, wasn't acknowledging the truth of who I was. And, you know, that manifests as stress. And stress is normally the first sign that something's not right in your life. Uh, so severe anxiety. So I had to make a choice uh, as a young woman. Uh, you know, what was the destiny of my life? What was my true authentic path? So I chose not to go through with medical school. And all I knew at the time was I loved healing, but I loved healing through the outdoors. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur as well. So I, I after I graduated college, I moved to the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, everyone always asked me if I was from North Carolina because <laughs> of my name. Um, but I moved to the mountains and I lived on this farm, learned how to farm, started my company. Uh, took this journey in wilderness therapy with troubled kids and just learned about all the healing pathways uh, I never would have considered because, you know, you always think you have to be a lawyer or doctor to be successful. Um, So anyway, three years later, I find myself in this position in the outdoor industry, uh, which I never knew about. And I'm opening doors for millions of people of color across this country uh, to a lifestyle and a career. Um, that we don't consider because it's not in our culture. It's not culturally relevant uh, generationally. You know, you don't see families of color typically backpacking or on the water or, you know, ice climbing. Um, So that's what I do now. And I love my company because I can use the journey of healing I took through martial arts, through farming, mindfulness, yoga, meditation. And I use that in my skills of connecting with people and social development and teach them the skills that are alternative, they're holistic, um, but they're useful and they're practical and they're adventurous. So instead of saying, you know, you need to go to the gym every day to my clients, I tell them, hey, when's the last time you went and swam in a waterfall? When's the last time you looked at the stars at night on top of a mountain? 
you know, and how that frees your spirit. So that's that's what I do now to sum it up in a box. <laughs> well, say, well, I'm so impressed. But Rayleigh, what is the name of your company? I mentioned a couple of things when in your bio. So how did you name it? And, and what's the significance of the name? And there were two things in your bio. So the camp and then the other one, conscious. So what are you doing? And wh- which is what? Tell me. Yes. So I'm the owner and founder of Conscious Lifestyle Coaching. It's a platform for those on the paths of self-development, healing, and spirituality. Um, And then I'm also the relationship executive at Black Folks Camp 2. And we educate the industry how to be, how to use marketing that's culturally relevant and invite specific communities to the outdoors in a safe way. All I can say is, wow, very impressive. Elizabeth, what do you think? A, a little overwhelming. Um, you, it sounds really like you, you embrace the concept of outdoors, of fresh air, of this isn't something that my tribe, my people, my community, my family would do. But then you educated yourself on all the nuances of that and all the op- opportunities it brings. And you did them. And you, so you know, you know who you are and you know what you're doing. Do you feel better about your choice now having dropped out of medical school? Is, is, are you, are you I, I hate to use this phrase because everybody is, but are you your true best self right now? I'm on my most authentic path. I am my true self and I can say I don't regret my decision. And, you know, it was something that was different, but it was really a returning of, of, of who we really are because we're all connected to the land at some point in our ancestry. And I have tribes in Vietnam and Puerto Rico who still live with the land and cultivate the land. And it was just a remembering of how to do that. And I'm sure Elizabeth knows that firsthand because she, she lived it. Uh, yes. it, and it. It is a story. It's important to share those stories because we forget in our society. Uh, yes, that we do. It, we're a choice away from something that's so pure and beautiful. And we're not really that far disconnected from it, that part. Wow. Well, I want to tell you that I'm, I, I moved to Loudoun, Tennessee, sight unseen, never set foot in the state until the day I closed on my house. It was all done on Zoom. And when I got here, I said, what? I bought a third of an acre on a corner property with trees that are 25 to 30 feet tall that has basil plants growing and a fig tree in front and a 30 foot tall magnolia tree and and uh, butterfly bushes and you name it. And, and I discovered there is a, a bay window in the bathroom I just remodeled and there are 12 foot tall winter camellias blooming now, full bloom, hundreds of pink flowers with butterflies and birds gathering there on the side of the house and I put in a soaking tub. I had it custom built with tile. They made a a deck. They built a custom deck around and put the tub on top of it. And now I can enjoy I've never had a bathtub that deep in my life. And I, I spent the first night in there in the hot water on my facing down and looking at my rings underwater and saying, gee, that's an interesting thing. I'd like to get an underwater camera now. Anyway, um it, it's just lovely. So that's my little bit of nature is walking around my property, but I, I didn't want to have that much property but it came with the house so what can i say but part of my joy of getting back to the land Rayleigh and and elizabeth you you, you might laugh at me and it's okay is when i have vegetables uh, a pepper or a tomato or something like that i will take the seeds and plant them and i've had some beautiful homegrown homemade pepper plants not they don't make peppers they're just beautiful leafy and i have a wonderful i bought I had to give away so many plants when I moved from Durham because the movers won't take live matter. You know that they won't take food. They won't take plants. So I took one 
very, very healthy coleus that I had grown from cuttings years ago. And I'm taking cuttings of it now and growing them on the windowsill in my kitchen. So I'm starting my own set of coleus plants and philodendrons. And that's my little bit of nature. And I had to buy a leaf blower, which I never thought in my life I would have to buy. But what can I tell you? Anyway, ladies, absolutely fascinating. I, I so admire your embracing where you found yourselves. Elizabeth, you were there and you embraced it and you said, what can I do with this? What what stories can I tell? How can I be part of those stories? How can I share? Rayleigh, you too. And I have to tell you, Rayleigh, that I'm considered an, not under this name, but under a different name, I'm considered an early woman in tech. And I was looking for a profession, just getting divorced, 3,000 miles from my family, two young kids to raise. And my parents sent me a stack of brochures, including oh, x-ray technician and do this, do that, nurse assistant and computer programmer. Oh my goodness. And then my friends who were helping me get through this time in my life said, there's a community college, two bus, I didn't have a car, two bus rides away and you have your bachelor's degree. Maybe they'll take you. So I went to the community college by two buses, took my kids to daycare and to school up the block and went to the, and I said, I want to enroll in the computer science class. And they said, oh, it's completely full. But if you come every day, three times a week for the class, stand in the back of the room, we guarantee in two weeks, most people will say, I didn't want to do this. I'm not sticking. And they'll drop out and we'll have room for you. And they did. And in two weeks, I was fully matriculated at a community college with my bachelor's credits accepted. But why I'm telling you this, Ray Lee, is that Many of the students in my class, we were all in our late 20s at the time, and many of the students had dropped out of medical school, law school, architecture school. Elizabeth is nodding her head. They said, this is not the path I wanted. What is this fascinating new thing called computer programming? I'm not going to tell you the year, but I'll tell you after the show. And so I was with people who were graduate school, ex-graduate school people. But they didn't want to complete the program. So we went through a two-year course, and they hired me right away to run a statewide community college information system right after that. So my graduate school is a community college, which I always get a kick out of telling people, yeah, that's where I went to school, much cheaper than a regular graduate school. Ladies, thank you so much. Let's go to the quote part of the show. I've asked each of you to please send me a fictional character, movie or TV, or a song lyric. I think we have one of each here tonight. And you're going to tell me, I'll read the quote with a little bit of background. You're going to tell me what it has to do with how creativity impacts your life. Elizabeth, we've got a shadow over the top of you, I think. Cutting, do you see it, Rayleigh, right in the middle of her face there? Yeah, I do. It's a, it's, the sun came out. If okay, you that's fine. That. Well, we have to get Annie to sing. Well, the sun can come out tomorrow. Oh, never mind. Okay, we'll do that later. Okay, sun will come out tomorrow. It's out in Elizabeth's house now. I try not to sing on my shows. It's really I devastating. I can actually lower curtain, so... Do you want? You, well, I want to do your quote first, then you can do that. Okay. okay. And, uh, you, you still look wonderful, but it just there's a little bit of a line across your forehead. So the quote you sent me is from a character named Daryl Zero, as in not, none, nothing, played by Bill Pullman. The movie is Zero Effect, 1998 mystery comedy film written uh, blah, 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 blah. Daryl Zero is the world's greatest and most private detective. Ben Stiller, of all things, plays his assistant, Steve Arlo. The plot is based on a short story by Arthur Conan Doyle of Sherlock Holmes fame, uh, A Scandal in Bohemia. It was shot in Portland, Oregon, and it was screened at the Cannes Film Festival 
and it didn't do very well at the box office. What can I tell you? But Daryl is quirky. He's socially maladroit. He's a misanthrope. He never meets his clients. He does business everything through Steve, and he narrates the film as he's reading from his proposed autobiography. Very, very interesting. So here's the quote. Elizabeth, there's a whole scene that goes with this, and I'm going to just read what you sent, but then I'd like to read the whole quote, if you don't mind. So the quote you picked is, but research is an art, not a science, because anyone who knows what they're doing can find the crumbs, the where's, the what's, and the who's. The art is in the why, the ability to read between the crumbs, not to mix metaphors. I'll stop there. I'll read the whole scene later. But Elizabeth, what does this have to do with your creativity? Talk to us. Oh, my gosh. The world is filled with data. It's filled with information. We call it data. The real question is, what do you do with it? Because individual facts are oftentimes meaningless unless they're part of a story. You have to do you you build a story around the experiments that you get results from. What's the context? How does it evolve? What does it mean? And what's the next thing to test to see if you're on the right track or if you're not on the right track? So it's all about iteration and it's all about having an idea of what the story is. What's the story of DNA? How did we get proteins? Somebody had to make a guess. Somebody had to have an inspiration. Somebody had to say, oh my gosh, it's a triplicate code. Let's try that. Maybe it's a helix. Who knew? People were thinking it, DNA was linear. It is, but it's linear in a helix. So it's the crumbs are the data, but you know, Hansel and Gretel is a story about crumbs, but yet you have to make that story. And that's what science is all about. And that's what, and science is creative. It's stunningly creative. Yes, it is. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm just going to read a little bit more from the be what preceded the part of the quote that I read. Everyone goes through life dropping crumbs. If you can recognize the crumbs, Rayleigh, this is for you. You can trace a path all the way back from your death cert not for you, from your death certificate to the dinner and movie that resulted in you in the first place. <laughs> where where you started for every crime a motive, for every motive a passion. The art of research is the ability to look at the details and see the passion. I'd like to say that passion goes with the word creativity. You agree, both of you? Oh yeah. I, I had a guest a couple months ago who talked about courageous creativity. I think we're going to now coin the phrase passionate creativity. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you, Elizabeth. Very well done. I have to find the movie. And let's go down to Rayleigh's quote. And you sent a quote from verse one, Seed intro, a song by Tosh Sultana from the album Flow State. And here is the quote you selected. You got to plant your seed to watch it grow. I got the secrets locked inside of my mind, the stories I never told. I got the deepest devotion in the mistiest ocean. Oh, lover, I'm coming home to you, and I'll see it through. I see it through. That's lovely. I hope I did justice to reading it. Rayleigh, how did you find this beautiful lyric, and what does it mean to us? Go ahead. I forgot who introduced it to me, but I know as an artist, I really liked in college. And you know how when you, you have a song or you read a book, but you come back to it years later and you have a more developed consciousness of what it means to you as you apply it to your human experience. Um, that's how I felt about the song. And, you know, 
I, I felt like a seed in having learned how to farm. I, I recognized that when I left school and I chose not to pursue that path, that wasn't truly for me. I chose the unknown. I chose this mystery. I chose to, you know, leave the state by myself and leave everything behind. And it was dark at times and terrifying and, you know, um, but, you know, seeds, the same thing. You plant them in the ground and the soil, you bury them. You don't look at them. You can't see them. You don't know what's happening. Uh, but at the same time, you're trusting that there's growth happening. There's movement. And eventually that that small, tiny seed you put and planted in the soil back into the earth is going to fruit and come forth and shine and, you know, provide nourishment. And I recognized for myself, I was a seed and I planted myself into the unknown and it was terrifying. But three years later, here I am blossoming and I trusted that journey. And it was really a journey coming back into myself, the self that I didn't know was there, because how could I, unless I unraveled all that I wasn't. At the same time, coming home to oh, the feeling of home, what that means, mm. your place in the universe, your purpose, your life purpose, and your gifts. What are your gifts? And how do I share those with the world? You know, what is my connection with other people, with the earth, with God or universe? You know, so that's that's why I connected with that. It was the awareness that I have grown. Thank you. What a beautiful thought. And I want to read a little more about Tosh. I wanted to hear you speak first. Tosh was born in 1995. She's an Australian singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, music producer, and engineer described as a one-woman band. She rose to international prominence with, and she goes by the pronouns they and their and, and them. Okay. Uh, I guess that's called non-binary. 2016 Jing single jungle voted into third place in triple j's hottest 100 countdown of 2016 whatever list that is sultana started playing guitar at three began a music career through busking i guess that's holding out a plate on the street active musician on Bandcamp since 2013 millions of views on youtube that year australian of maltese ancestry plays the piano the keyboard the synth the bass, the drums, percussion, beat making, sampling, beatboxing, I'm getting tired already, trumpet, saxophone, flute, mandolin, oud, O-U-D, harmonica, lap steel, panpipes. And they arrange it into loop style performances with percussive and finger tapping style guitar playing. Sultana's vocal range stretches five octaves. Wow, very, very interesting. And Flow State was the debut studio album in 2018 through their own record label, Lonely Lands Records, distributed by Sony in Australia. Very, very interesting. Wow, um, I'm, I'm impressed. It was very beautiful. Elizabeth, I know you were changing your shade, and we appreciate that, and you're back. I hope you got to hear what, what uh, Rayleigh was talking about. So we have crumbs, and we have seeds. Painting an interesting picture, isn't it? I, just so you know, and I guess, ladies, you've guessed this, I don't put guests together on a show because they have something similar in terms of a background or a career or or anything, family or education. I just put you in the pot and say, let's see what comes out. And look what we've already discovered. Very, very interesting. Wow. Thank you for putting the time into picking such interesting quotes, both of you. I appreciate that. We have a lot of time because there's just two of you. I will do a shout out to the guest who is not with us and he did the work and he didn't show up and I hope he's okay. His name is Dr. Connor Hogan, PhD. 
And uh, he was acknowledged by time as one of the most influential thought leaders in business marketing. And I think he's in another country and possibly had a mix up on the time frame. So Connor, we're thinking of you. We miss you, but the show is going on. There you go. So what I'm going to do now, ladies, is I'm going to pick a statement from each of you. I'll read it. You don't have to go look anywhere. I asked you each to send me four statements about what creativity means to you, to your life, your career, your family, your lifestyle, anything and everything about you. I'll pick one from Elizabeth and ask you to come and take about two minutes so we can go through quite a few of these. And then I will pick one from you and then one from Ray Lee and back and forth. And then we'll do some fun celebrity birthdays and social media star birthdays and holidays you've never heard of before, I guarantee. And then we'll just chat. So Elizabeth, your first statement is creativity is the ability to solve problems with the available tools or information. That was intriguing to me. Elizabeth, two minutes. What does this mean, please? Well, nobody has access to all the information in the world. What you do have is your experiences, your background. Those are your tools, your intellect, what you've been exposed to. So that's what you can work with. But the nice thing about that is that your tools evolve as you evolve. As you get more information, your tools, you have that feedback loop. Something works, something doesn't work. Okay, then you keep evolving. You keep adding tools to your problem-solving set. And that's really all it is. The, the broader you can let your mind stretch, allow it to be elastic, then you have more tools to bring to the solution. Elastic creativity. We just came up with another phrase. Oh, my goodness. The seeds and crumbs of creativity, passionate creativity, and now we've got elastic creativity. Thank you. Very interesting. I love the way the words pop out of my guests' mouths as we're just, we're just riffing. We're just chatting. Um, that's why I say it's all an improv. I didn't write a script for this show. You didn't either, Rayleigh. You didn't. We're just talking. We're all improv We're just making it up as we go along. And I find this fascinating, this forum. Let's go to Rayleigh. Rayleigh, I'm looking at your statement number two. I like this one a lot. You mentioned it a little bit but I want to go over it again, if you don't mind. You say, creativity uncages me from fear. It allows me the courage to share my truth, to be bold with it, and to be unapologetic on who I am. Just give me a couple of examples in your life, Rayleigh. I'm sure we're going to be fascinated. Go ahead. Um, I'll say this. When I was growing up, I was always told to speak up, to speak loud. I was very quiet. I was very shy. I was always a little girl in the back, uh, didn't have a lot of friends. I just was a bookworm. I just read, <laughs> stayed to myself. And as I continue to evolve and grow, and as I know my life purpose now, you know, my greatest gift to humanity is my voice and how I speak and the messages I share through my speech. And that was so beautiful when I realized that, you know, what my, my greatest pains or the things I thought were my disabilities in my life to, when I transmuted them and I alchemized them, they became so powerful. So that's what I meant by that. And truly just the, the uncaging, the fear of, you know, don't let yourself be small. No one else can tell you who you truly are. That is only you have that answer. That's between you <laughs> and the power that that be. Um, yeah, un uncaging myself. I wanted to be my wildest self. And when I say unapologetic, 
I mean, when you are walking the path that is not common, <laughs> you're your own being in this world, then a lot of people don't understand you. You, you know, they yes. think you're weird. <laughs> but the most art- artistic people, <laughs> the most creative expressions are weird. They're unique beings, but that's why we love them and admire them and we value them and we need them. Uh, because they get us so much uh, to break, as Elizabeth was saying, you know, the thoughts, the breaking the patterns of thought. How can you allow new ideas, new thoughts, new change into our world, into our society, unless we're able to be uncomfortable and allow the expression of other people around us to t- teach us something new? Getting above your plateau is always uncomfortable. It's the kid who, the baby who learns to crawl and then stands up and falls down and then learns to stand, and then learns to walk. There's always that next level where we have to maybe get hurt a little bit or fall, go boom, a little bit or a lot to get to the next level. Yes, and the creative endeavors that we think about, whether it's fashion or speaking or creating a company, right, ladies, or writing a book or hosting a TV show or radio show like I do, you are on a limb. You are out on the ledge. You put yourself out there and people can say, oh, that was terrible. I hated that show. She's awful. You know, I'm not tuning into that again. That was just a boring, awful mess. Oh, she can't even talk. I'm, I don't know who I was accenting there, but somebody, you know who you are. Anyway, my point is that you put yourself out there and you have to have that. We used to call it thick skin to be able to take it. But I don't know, we're out there so much more with social media today, aren't we? Then Elizabeth, you can relate to this back back when we didn't have it. There weren't we weren't broadcast and, and digitized all over the world instantly. I'm live streaming on Facebook for goodness sake. We're not safe here. We're in, we're out in the world. So my point is that it's magnified and it's optimized how quickly people have the opportunity. I was talking to somebody recently and said, Can you imagine? Creating, doing a movie, being a producer, an angel investor, executive, whatever, a movie star. Script comes in, you spend years putting it together, you go out and film it, you edit it, you put it together, you market it. And the first thing that comes out of the critic's mouth is, why did they bother? How awful. It didn't amuse me or it didn't enlighten me or I wasn't enthralled by it or there was no chemistry with the actors in their, or the characters were flat. Can you imagine at that level with millions of dollars and years put into something creative and taking the hits that way. I, I can't even, anyway, let's just leave that on the floor there. Elizabeth, I'm going back to creative statement number three. You know what? Yeah, three, I'm going to combine three and four for you because I think they're very related. You say creativity is having the courage to explore opportunities that are out of the ordinary and taking risks from the outcome of that adventure. Elizabeth, give us a little feedback on what we've just been talking about, please. Go ahead. Well, I think in my case, I've pushed a lot of boundaries. Um, And just like your analogy, the baby that crawls. You push that boundary and sometimes you get slapped back pretty heavily, but you learn. You always have to learn from it. You know, a a negative experience that you don't learn from is a wasted experience. And I've always said that you don't learn from your successes, but you sure better learn from your failures. And what I found was, you know, I was alone in a culture that I knew nothing about. And I was a woman, I was white, and I was 
I didn't speak any of the languages. All I wanted to be was to have the competency of a two-year-old. That's all I wanted out of life. I wanted to be able to be speak as good as a two-year-old. And I figured if I was there for two years, I was every bit as smart as a two-year-old and I could do it. And you make tons of mistakes. You cross social boundaries. You cross cultural boundaries. You cross all the boundaries because you don't know where they are and you you don't know how far you can push. And it's that that shapes you. And it's that that shows you that it's okay to cross a boundary because sometimes when you cross that boundary, you, you get a creative insight that other people will never have. Yes. Other times you get slapped back. So it's a very dynamic process of back and forth. And I completely relate to what Rayleigh is talking about, about being terrified, petrified, scared to death all the time. You know, it's and there is a creativity that comes from that tension because you have to resolve it and you have to figure out why. Why is this being a problem? And you learn to listen to people because they're telling you either how to be successful or what you're doing wrong. If you listen, the answers are out there. You don't have to be a genius, but you do have to listen. Very, very interesting. Rayleigh, any comments back to Elizabeth? I saw you nodding. Anything you want to share with her? No, I was just agreeing that you have to move through the fear in order to get to the other side, which is empowerment. And that fear that you're so scared you've been looking at and avoiding for your whole life might be that very thing that turns into a book that changes the lives of thousands of people. So the fears tell you so much, the lessons, the traumas, every story we have, doesn't matter who you are, there was a purpose to it. And that story is meant for someone else as well. And that's why we must share. That's why we must create. Very interesting. I want to tell you both, I'm going to flip it upside down what you're just talking about. I was told a couple of times, I used to play classical piano as a kid, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and we'd have to go to a recital with our teacher and she'd have the family. I don't know where it was. And we, you know, and somebody told me, embrace the fear, embrace the nervousness of getting up in front of people and playing whatever I was doing, real classical stuff. Embrace it. Don't walk away from it. Don't let it conquer you, but use it to be at the top of your game. Harness the power of those nerves. And again, it happened a second time. I started doing stand-up comedy back in the 1990s. And I took a, 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 there's a place in New York called Steve Rosenfeld's American Comedy Institute. And I found it in a little tiny reader ad in the New York Times. And I called up and a woman who does a lot of comedy and, and TV ads, she was uh, answering the phones that day. And I said, are you going to write jokes for me? She said, hell no, you write your own damn jokes. You come and we'll teach you how to write your jokes. We're not going to do it for you. I said, well, I'm, she said, just sign up. So I signed up and I took the three-week class and we had groups learning how to write a joke with a punchline. And then we had one-on-ones with Steve. And after the end of the three weeks, we were on stage and we had a pick of three major comedy venues in Manhattan. And I picked Caroline's Comedy Club. So my relatives had to pay the full whatever the gate price was. And I took a table for my mom and my dad and some neighbors and friends. And th there were maybe 150 people in the audience. And we had a professional comic introducing us. I call them the bookends. One started the show and one introduced us and another one closed the show. But there were 10 of us, newbies comedy virgins. Can you imagine standing up on the stage of Caroline's Comedy Club, knees knocking, waiting for that three and a half minute blue light, 
looking out on a sea of 150 people. And I'd done a lot of emceeing and events and all that before then. But ne- no, you know what? I hadn't. It was just starting. It was just starting for me. That's right. I hadn't done TV yet. And uh, scared out of my friggin' mind, if I can tell you. But somebody said to me, don't take anything for the nerves. Don't take a drink. We're in a bar, Caroline's cup, you know, don't take, don't, I didn't do anything, but don't do anything to dampen the nerves. They are your friend. They will empower you. They will give you the energy to power through your set. And I had such a good time doing it. I got a lot of applause and people started inviting me to do comedy at small clubs around Manhattan after that. And then I started my own troupe, but that was the start. But the message is, Harness that fear, right, Rayleigh? Right, Elizabeth? Don't medicate it. Don't walk away from it. Don't let it consume you, but use it as strength. It's it's electric. You can you can use it and you can harness it and go somewhere with it. I have one more from Rayleigh, and then we're gonna do some famous birthdays because I got a bunch of them and you're gonna love them, I guarantee. Rayleigh says, creativity is what heals and changes the world. Without it, we are cold. <gasps> we are barren. <gasps> we are useless. Use dash L-E-S-S. We die to ourselves because the sense of self is not free to be truly present. You write beautifully, by the way, Rayleigh. Rayleigh, take two minutes and tell us what this means to you, please. Yeah, that was a heavy one. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I meant it. Um, everyone who's here in this earth has a talent, a creative gift. And when you share it, it is medicine for yourself. It is medicine for the people around you. It's medicine for the world. And if I didn't, for example, take this journey, if I didn't choose something different, if I didn't choose an alternate path, I didn't choose a different door, yep. then maybe that pathway, that journey would never exist for other people. Maybe, maybe if I didn't take it, I wouldn't be on this radio show. I wouldn't be impacting millions of people that I, I know I will. And I've been on that stage and it's terrifying. Yep. And, you know, who am I? The imposter syndrome comes in. Like, yep. Who am I to be in this position? Yep. Um, but I'm recognizing I'm here for a reason in this in these roles in these offices in the industry that is does not look like me at all it's mostly older white men in the outdoors mm-hmm. um but if i didn't choose my path i i would not have been a very healthy person how could i have been a healer as a doctor if i wasn't healed myself how could i impact the lives of people when we commit and we allow ourselves to be truly ourselves, and you share that gift it's going to take you on a journey you can never imagine and I like to say that when you give up that control over yourself and you allow the higher purpose the divine to tell you and guide you on this mysterious beautiful journey you're going to end up with with fruit (laughs) this fruit this delicious fruit um a story that is meant to be shared and that's what makes us human. If we were all the same, it would be a very boring life. Nothing would get done. Um, <laughs> nothing would happen. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how to answer that question. In no, that, that you you did it beautifully. Sleep. That's all I wanted to know was just hear you talk about it. And that's true. Barren and cold. And we wouldn't be us yeah. if we didn't, we didn't reach out and do something. <laughs> and, it, you know, to say do something interesting to someone, it's... 
that's not how it works. Let's do something that interests you, right, Elizabeth? What interests you that took you on those paths? Rayleigh, what interested you is that, oh, what do other people think I should do? Who cares? It's what did you want to do? What did I, I started business radio in 2011 after many years on just talking to authors on, on a Long Island AM station. And I approached a manager at this huge company. I was working for a big business software company. And I said, let me create something called thought leadership roundtable radio conversations on business topics without any selling, without any pitching, without any marketing. And she said, what? And I said, give me a little tiny budget. Let me do 13 weeks. And she did. And I cold called the president and CEO of Voice America Radio, who's not, not with us on this planet anymore. And I said, hello, my name is, and, and he introduced himself. And I said, help me put together, help me create a radio show that I've never even thought about, never done. I don't think anybody had done it the way I did it. And he said, let's talk. And I went back to my manager. And after some pounding the pavement with her leadership teams around the world, she said, let's do it. And that was the seed, Rayleigh and Elizabeth, that led me to create 48 business radio series for that company in 10 years. 48 series and then be able to work for other companies around the world. And the format is similar to this, but we we have different types of deliverables on those shows. But it's three minutes around the table, thought leadership, not selling anything. It's very refreshing, I think. So I had to, I, I don't know what possessed me, but I say to, to young women I've mentored, and I say, if you see that little sliver of light under the window, under the door, right, Rayleigh? Right, Elizabeth? Open the damn door, push it down, shove it through, get a pickaxe, get a crowbar, and find the light on the other side and go. Just go. Just just find we're it, really. All, we're all conscious creators. We all have that that power with, within us. And you know, we forget because we live in a society where we consume everything. But there are people out there and they're needed that have to create the energy. So you know, you're important to be able to do that, to create something that can be consumed. And what are people going to going to consume? Is it going to be love or is it going to be something destructive? Um, so that's why I said, you know, it, you have the power to create or destroy. So yep. if you're here in this earth, start creating and create love. Well, we have some, and that's what we want to do. We have some birthdays of people who did create and are still, some of them are still creating. They're all still alive. I, don't, I only have one in memoriam today, and that was Frank Sinatra was born on this day in 1915, old blue eyes chairman of the board. Yay! And I did it my way, and you did it your way, Rayleigh, and you did it your way, Elizabeth. So thank you, Frank. Bob Barker, the game show host of Truth or Consequences. Rayleigh, have you ever heard of the TV show The Price is Right that Drew Carey is hosting right now, where people bid on consumer? Well, he was the second host of, of uh, The Price is Right. Bill Cullen, Elizabeth, you may remember Bill Cullen hosted it originally, but Bob Barker was famous for his charm and his skinny microphone. He also hosted Miss Universe and the Miss USA pageant for two decades. Very well known. And uh, yes, anyway, he was he's still around, 98 years old. Happy birthday, Bob Barker. Dion Warwick, who doesn't know and love? Dion is 82 today. Just let's say on the count of three, happy birthday, Dion Warwick. One, two, three. Happy birthday, Dion Warwick. Warwick. I think she's fabulous. She had a partnership with the songwriter Burt Bacharach for years, and she sang from an early age in a band in a group with her mother, her aunts, her uncles, and the Drinkard Singers. And she, I believe, she was the aunt of Whitney Houston. 
famous, famous, famous. I think her sister is is Cece Houston, Whitney's mother. Bill Nighy, an actor who played Davy Jones in the second and third Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He's 72 today. He was in Love Actually and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Happy birthday, Bill Nighy. Jennifer Connelly, you may know her, award-winning actress in A Beautiful Mind. She won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. She's been in a lot of other movies. And in 2019, she was cast in Top Gun Maverick, the new one. Regina Hall. Come on, we all know Regina Hall. She's 51. What? Comedic performances in the scary movie parody film franchise and a lot of other movies and Girl Strip and 2019's little Mayim Bialik. Either one of you know who Mayim Bialik is? Remember her? She's now the host of Jeopardy. Since Alex Trebek passed away, she had her own sitcom as a young girl called Blossom, and she was the scientist on the Big Bang Theory, Amy Farrah Fowler. That's Mayim Bialik, and she's now hosting Celebrity Jeopardy. She won a Young Artist Award for Best Young Actress in a Motion Picture Comedy or Fantasy in 1988, and she played Cece in the 88 comedy Beaches, and she got her first job in a film called Pumpkinhead, and she has a PhD in neuroscience. How about that? And she's hosting a, yes, Jeopardy. Uh, social media stars, you'll get a kick out of this. Josh, yes, three minutes to close. We're almost out of time. Uh, there's a young lady named It's Mitch, M-I-C-H-H-H. She's 21. She's on TikTok. She does dance and lip syncing, and she shares short-form videos. Guess how many listeners, followers, viewers she has? Rayleigh, she only has 33 million fans. Only 33. I know. I know. That's why I do these. She performed a viral TikTok dance to music by BTS's Young Kook that's been seen only 13 million times. I think we're all in the wrong business. Then I have a youngster who's 19 named X Check Chinks on TikTok who does comedy lip sync and lifestyle creation. Only 5 million fans and does taste tests for snack foods. God bless. And then we have a young lady who's 31 named Gaming Mermaid. She's a video game enthusiast, and she shares content. She, I'm sorry to say, she only has 1.1 million subscribers. That's really pretty low. I, I think she needs to do something about that. Uh, today in history, 1957, American pian piano pounder and singer Jerry Lee Lewis, 21 years of old, of age, was married, and he went. He had a second wife. He took his 13-year-old cousin, Myra Gale Brown, and married her while he was still married to Jane Mitchum. And then they legalized the marriage, and then they divorced 12 years later. God bless. Uh, 1968, Rolling Stones filmed the TV show Rock and Roll Circus with The Who, Jethro Tull, Chaj Mahal, Marianne Faithful, John Lennon, Yoko Owner. Guess what? They never aired the program. What can I tell you? Today is National Ambrosia Day. That's where you put a bunch of fruit in a bowl, in a glass bowl, and you might add pecans and coconut and uh, sugar, and you add marshmallows or sour cream or whipped cream. You've heard of ambrosia? Elizabeth? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Ambrosia. Today is Ambrosia Day. It's National Clayton Day. If you know anybody named Clayton, it's a first name and a last name. It's been around since the 11th century. Today, honor anybody named Clayton, first or last name. It's National Ding-a-ling Day. Pick up the phone and call somebody you haven't called in a while and say, Ding-a-ling, it's me. Okay. It's also Gingerbread House Decorating Day, and it started in Europe and sold in different shapes, gingerbread, and it was given as presents and love tokens as at weddings. And the first gingerbread houses were made in Germany in the 1800s after the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. And it's National Poinsettia Day. The original name is AKA Euphorbia Pulchimina. 
something like that. I'm sorry, horticulturist, I botched that one. I want to say quickly, Elizabeth, website fast. Go ahead. ElizabethReedAden.com. Elizabeth, spell that R-E-E-D-A-I-D-E-N. A-D-E-N. A-D-E-N. Elizabeth, R-E-E-D-A-D-E-N.com. Rayleigh, where can people find you? ConsciousLifestyleCoaching.com. Conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S. LifestyleCoaching.com. Thank you, ladies. I have my closing here. Josh, I know we're out of time. Here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly laugh (laughs) uncontrollably and never regret anything that made you smile. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching, but when I was teaching disco, they watched. Sing like nobody's listening. When I sing, nobody listens. And love like you've never been hurt because we've all been hurt. Get over it. Move on. Let your heart heal. Right, Rayleigh? Right, Elizabeth? And love again. Money talk chocolate sings and i stole this line from someone else thank you for turning me on josh are we good bye facebook thanks again for tuning in to read my lips radio presented by the voice america variety channel tweet your questions and comments to at radio red 777 Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.